Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 146 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, how's your week been? Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, I'm like halfway through listening to another one of your podcast appearances. But other than that, it's been business as usual. Yes. Uh, so I was on the uh, newly branded, newly uh, assigned to a feed Hellions Talk with friend of the show, Kevin Hellions, uh, Mask Library's website where he puts up the write-ups for the stuff that we assign for homework. Um, and I know you were saying that you're only about an hour into the two-and-a-half-plus-hour epic that I had <laughs> with Kevin. And I always feel bad. Um, you know, and I, I mentioned this when I was on Pod Van Dam a couple weeks ago. And, uh, of course, with Kevin. And I have another podcast appearance coming up next week. Oh. Um but I feel I always feel bad that I talk over everyone and like they're like, oh, what did you think about this? And like 40 minutes later, it's like, OK, now it's question two, everyone. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, I, you know, oh, go ahead. No, I, I was going to say. So uh, you wouldn't have been so late getting to the new feed if you grab the episode off soon to be named network dot com soon to be named network dot dot com the reason it exists so when shit like that shows up on a different feed or in some sort of weird place you just go to soon to be named network dot com and it's there ah cheap plug there you go see i get all of my uh my podcast news or like notifications from either my podcatcher which i couldn't use in this instance because it was on its own feed as he said uh- Right, Dead End and, Street number one, sure. Yeah, uh, or from Twitter, and, and you know, you could have all. I don't think you retweeted it out from our show account. I think I had to do that later in the afternoon, so I would have seen it if Ad Odds had posted it. But I guess I'm the only one running that show account these days. That's true. You are. <laughs> um, secondly, I did retweet it out twice from my own account, and it got its own separate tweet from the soon to be named network Twitter account. Nah, well, I don't look at Twitter enough, right? If you look, <laughs> you just you just said I either use my podcatcher, which is a which is a dead end road, or I go to Twitter. No, no, but like I have like if at odds tweet something, I have a notification, so I know okay. if you're going into business for yourself. <laughs> but so- like, I was gonna say anybody who follows me on Twitter knows that like my tweets come in like big like dumps of tweets like i won't tweet at all for a week and then you'll get like within a span of an hour you'll get like five of them and then i'm gone for another week i okay. i got a lot of i got a lot of drafts i can't send out but other than that <laughs> a lot of times i sit there and i i'll i'll do my quote tweet of something and then the direct messages get very busy yeah <laughs> very busy that's well, it. i, I want to take offense to something you said on that podcast though on how stocks all right. Uh, very early into the podcast, you you had said that I was just a regular sized person. How dare you, sir? How dare yeah. you? Yeah. You're <laughs> again, you're you're I'd say if I was to guess you're uh you're not as tall as AJ Styles, so you're def- <laughs> you're under 6 foot 7. Uh and I would guess that you probably weigh less than 200 pounds, right? Yeah. So you're a regular sized person. Well, listen, like the boar is about six inches taller than me, and he's nearly seven feet tall. That's true. <laughs> you can't argue that math there. He's he's no six foot eight like they said uh, Joshua Br- Briggs was on NXT this past week. So weird, all those tweets that go out. He's the only one that doesn't, he doesn't have a Twitter account. That's it's very, it's like a giant red flag, something that people should ask about, but they don't. Anyway, 
six foot eight. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. But yeah, back to your your Hellion stock appearance. Like I said, I'm about halfway through it. Uh, do not feel like you talk too much. You know, I think that this anybody who listens to this podcast is going to say that this should be the foundation of the the future Sposto book. You know, the, I'll, I'll get a I'll, I'll get a signed first print. You know, put it up on the on the shelf when it happens. And uh, I just want to say that you know I was the first guest on Hellion's Talk, and uh, whenever the show gets canceled, I'd like to be the last guest. I'd like to bookend it. <laughs> right. Well, uh, you'll you'll get there, but Kevin's like, oh, Joe, we're gonna have to have, have you on again because even at two and a half hours, somehow he had more stuff to ask me. You know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. You could be like Chris Jericho. You're going to have a series of books until the last one they don't want to publish and you have to sell it on the internet. (laughs) And I was told, because I I assume every time that I go to podcasts and somebody asks me, like, how did you become you with, like, whether it be the wrestling stuff or the podcast stuff or whatever it is, I feel as though, like, I have these stories in my back pocket that I've told so many times, but I had people say, like, oh, I never heard you talk about this or never talk about that or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I guess like new things are being added of just me falling into uh, those same stories. But again, I I don't want to say that I take those stories for granted. But a lot of times I do look at it as though um, this is a new and a different audience of people who don't know me. So I can get away with kind of rehashing some of those uh, stories again, you know. Yeah, plus sometimes the statute of limitations expires on some stories and you're able to add some new ones to the repertoire. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> like throwing around dollar n- numbers and figures and stuff like that, sure. Yeah. Uh, but I actually, uh, while I do appreciate you bringing up my appearance, like I said, you can go find it over at soontobenamednetwork.com, easiest way to find the new feed for Kevin's show. Uh, but my intent was to start the show with a apology and a retraction from last week. Oh, Uh, So this is a show where I come on and I say a bunch of shit, and a lot of times it's maybe not very well thought out, or I shoot from the hip, or, uh, you know, make some sort of remark or whatever it is, and then somebody contacts me, it's like, oh, didn't you really mean this instead of that? And I'm like, oh, yes, I did, or, you know, something of that nature, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to mention that last week I attributed... The triple stamp your double stamp thing uh, that Tim and Marcus use on Final Wrestling Place and Viewer's Choice to something that I had heard on uh, that horrible office championship wrestling that you and Ed assigned. (laughs) And I'm like, do I now have to look at Tim and Marcus in a lesser light because they uh, have verbiage in their life from Pat McAfee? They corrected me and said, no. They, much like Pat McAfee probably did, they got it from Dumb and Dumber. And then they questioned me whether or not I've seen Dumb and Dumber. And I have. It's just been a very long time since I've seen Dumb and Dumber. It is a very good movie. And it is one of those ones that I would love to show my kid. But I think i got to wait at least another day or two uh, before I do. Uh, But again, I do apologize for painting them with such a horrible brush to say that they were influenced in any way, shape, or form by Pat McAfee. I mean, that's fair. I heard the criticism. I mean, you weren't the only one being criticized on the show this week. I was put in the bad place. I've been branded enemy of the podcast by by Tim specifically. Uh, mm. And I guess I'll, I'll throw this out here right now. I mean, I, I just want to show because I, I looked inward after he said that and to show that I'm a nice guy, like a like a humble guy. I've been actually talking to Matt from the A show about starting like a draft del- developmental league. 
you know, we're going to call it the B show. Uh, that way, Tim <laughs> can have some place to go and hone his drafting craft before he comes back at me in the big time again. Uh, you know, so, you know, just somewhere to go away, learn a new move, as you say. But uh, I hope that that squashes the beef between us. And uh, I know it does for me because winners don't hold grudges. So, again, I apologize. Uh, looking forward to hearing the B show. Well, now, I, and again, I don't want to uh, PP on your parade with this, but I just want to say this, okay? I'm uh-huh. a, as the winner of the Tournament of Champions of the A show, right? Uh-huh. I'm a neutral party in all of this. Y'all lost to me when it all comes down to it, right? Uh-huh. It's just, sure. were, you the, were, were you the first loser or the seventh loser? You know, that's really what it comes down to. <laughs> um, so you... Uh, Adam have a podcast where there have been drafts on it, obviously in your absence, but they've been here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the A show is a draft show. Um, uh, there's been drafts on Pod Van Dam, and there's a draft there, on Porch Talk this week too. There was a draft on Porch Talk this week. Uh, yes. Less said about that, the better. You know, for legal reasons, of course. <laughs> uh, but you know, Tim not only has one, but he has at least three podcasts that I can think of if you mm. count three count uh, Thursdays um, he hasn't had a draft on any of those shows so why doesn't he invite you to his home turf to see if he could reclaim his glory of losing in the draft to you on one of his many shows and have Marcus be like the impartial uh, the judge moderator etc well First right there, I'm just going to, there's the first problem. There's no chance that Marcus would be impartial. Marcus well, are I, obviously BFFs, and, and rightfully so, since childhood. There's no way that, that Marcus would call right down the middle like Bill Alfonso. Well, I'll say this. Marcus be the moderator, of course. Uh, you know, judgments, you're going to agree to that or not. Mm. Um, but then, you know, put it to a fan vote. Mm. Well, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. I'm open to it. These are just these are just the uh, the the options that I'm presenting to you and Tim in a way that you guys can squash this beef of yours. <laughs> Listen, I I don't have a beef. Winners don't take don't have beefs. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, great idea. I like it. The ball's in your court, Tim. There you go. And now, At Odds With Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. So this is a quick one here this week uh, with This Day in Wrestling History. Not a ton, uh, you know, and we're not going to get too deep into it because it doesn't count. But uh, we missed the formation of the New World Organization by a day. Oh. Uh, the Nitro the night after was rather uneventful in the grand scheme of things. Uh, but uh, on this day, on wrestling history in 2002, Raw is War emanated from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and it saw this main event, a 10-person tag match seeing Rob Van Dam, Booker's T, uh, Goldust, and Ray... And Runt Deadly, of the <laughs> Deadly Brothers, taking on the team of Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, The Big Show, X-Pac, and Kevin Nash. Now, Adam, do you, do you know the significance of this match? 
Hmm. I don't in, think I do. In, the, in is, the history of professional wrestling? Well, we were talking about Benoit last week. It was, I don't know, was this one of his final matches? Or, no. Was, okay, was this uh, WWF NWO? It was. Okay. This is where the NWO at this time was Kevin Nash, Shawn Michaels, X-Pac, and the Big Show. Yeah, I was thrown off a little bit by Benoit being in there. That's the only reason. Mm-hmm. Okay, but no, I don't know the significance. This is where, on a hot tag, Kevin Nash comes in and blows out his quad. Oh, that's not yeah. good. <laughs> no, it's not, but it's the anniversary of it. I I know Kev's doing good. He's got the uh, the Broken Skull Sessions thing coming up with Austin here in a couple days on the uh, on the cock. I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know, I... I my it could end up in my dislikes for next week if it's not seven hours long. <laughs> yeah, but, so uh, remember, anything Kevin Nash does is fantastic, even if it's blowing out his quad. Yeah, remember to put your flags at half mast in honor of his quad. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> your my my flag is a hundred dollar bill with Kevin Nash's face on it. <laughs> All right. Is that all? So for that's this really it for this day in wrestling history. Uneventful day, you know? Oh, I don't even know why I opened up the email for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm closing that I don't tab. know why you, you, you didn't reply to the email, so. I never do. <laughs> I know you never do. It's infuriating. <laughs> well, you know. It's a gotcha. You get the gotcha from Todd, where it's like, hey, here's the show notes. Here's the thing. If you have an idea for this, if not, I think we're good to go. And I get the email back that just gotcha. I'm like, all right, that means you got the email. I, well, you know what you need to do? You need to sneak a question in there, you know, just to prove like at the very end. I used to, whenever I'd send out emails to uh, my employees at the importer exporter place, just to see if they actually read it at the very end of like these business emails, I would have like, okay. And to prove that you read this reply to me with your favorite superhero or something like that. And then if I get like an email the next day that says like, Oh, Batman, Spider-Man, whatever. I know they read it. So I think that's what you need to do. You need to test people. But uh, yeah, I look at the emails. Anyways, I believe you. Yeah. All right, so let's get into what we liked and didn't like uh, from the last seven days in the world of professional wrestling. All right, I'm going to start off with a like, Joe, and I think that this one's very easy to predict, knowing me. And that is from NXT this week, the women's tag match between Zoe Stark, Io Shirai, versus Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. And during the match, Joe, the lights go out! The lights go out! (laughs) And we had Tegan Knox returning from her injury, dressed like Raven. Uh, she then hobbled out to the ring, chased away Candace, uh, excited for the return, a little underwhelmed by the execution. Uh, and uh, it was good to see her back from an injury after a year. Uh, this is my likes as well. Oh. Um, it was a it was a fast page paced match. Uh, I like all the competitors involved in the match. I like the uh, outside the ring shenanigans, as you mentioned, with Tegan Knox and the during the commercial break stuff with uh, Indy and Dexter Loomis. Uh, Indy is getting better in the ring. If I have any nitpicks about the match is uh, there's one part where I don't know if you noticed that she was wearing Razor Ramon inspired gear. 
Yeah, yeah. And she does a she did she did something in the match, and then she did the Razor Ramon taunt, but camera completely missed her doing it. Oh, I didn't see uh, that. And the other thing about this match, it was it didn't overstay its welcome. You know what I mean? It didn't linger. It didn't go through like multiple commercial breaks. It was exactly what it needed to be. And yes, I know people are going to nitpick and say, oh, well, the women's NXT tag titles have changed like four times since they've been started six months ago or whatever it is. Whatever, man, you know, title changes are exciting. Um, I think there's more of a story to tell with uh, Zoe Starks and Io Shirai as the champs. Uh, Candice is now going to move on to something else. Indy's going to move on to something else and, like, let this team do other stuff. I really like this. It's in my likes for a reason. I liked it. Yeah. I, I think that, like, you can complain about tag team titles changing hands too much, but then the other side of the coin, and maybe we'll talk about this later on the show, is tag titles that are just attached to somebody and will never move. You know, so that's, the the, the I think, the worst version of it. But uh, as you mentioned, it's good to see Io Shirai, you know, getting a title again. And, you know, hopefully she'll pull up Zoe. And I was just a little confused with Candice and Indy. Like, are they heels? Are they baby faces? Because Gargano's kind of leaning towards being a face again. So I think maybe this will get a, a chance for, like, the way to somehow reset with them dropping the belts, you know? Two weeks in a row, the Gargano cross stuff has just narrowly missed the didn't like stuff. Mm -hmm. If I could add a third category of don't care, <laughs> that's where that would go into. Um, the It's so bad, but I just don't care. So mm -hmm. they're easily skippable segments. I don't care if Gargano's a face or a heel. I don't care that Cross is the champion. I don't care that like the whole, like now we're on a second person who's feuding with Karrion Cross. that their whole point is that Karrion Cross is bad at wrestling. And then yeah. he ends up winning the match. So he's a guy who's bad at wrestling, who beats everyone at wrestling. What does it say about you, especially when your name is John Wrestling? <laughs> and you get beat by the guy who's bad at wrestling. Who That's like your whole basis of your promos around him. Johnny's promos are just not natural. It doesn't feel like his verbiage. It's his character. It's his inflection. It's his everything. But the words just don't feel right. And for something I don't care about, I'm sure I'm talking quite a bit about it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Eh, I mean, I I obviously hate carrying uh, cross. I like Johnny Gargano. I think you're just a little hard on him because he has you blocked on Twitter. Um. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we doubled up on that. Do you want to go next? Uh. Yeah. Sure. Let me go. Uh. Let me go with another like. Um. So we can save all the negativity for the end. Uh, on AEW Dynamite this week, uh, I really liked the Kenny Omega Hangman Page segment. Uh, with the Dark Order coming out, and two weeks in a row, uh, Evil Uno, I still always want to call him Player Uno, Evil mm -hmm. Uno uh, cut a hell of a promo, uh, the, the brawl felt chaotic, and the crowd, first time in front of live, you know, non-Jacksonville crowd... Um, when they tease like that confrontation between Hangman and Kenny, the crowd went nuts and it was awesome. Like it felt like they had something special going on. Uh, and I really liked it and I really want to see that match. Uh, I hope they can, uh, stoke the flames of it and keep it hot to, uh, all out this September. That's when all out is. 
maybe. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, I hope they can keep it hot to then. It's only two months. But, uh, you know, sometimes they want to blow stuff off. I don't think they're going to do it at, like, Fighter Fest or something. Um, but I could see uh, that being your big main event for All Out. And I could see, uh, you know, it being really hot, a really hot main event. So I really like that segment on AEW this week. Uh, not in my likes, but I see. I agree with most of what you said there. Uh, I, too, want to see Hangman versus Kenny. But I only want to see it if they're going to put over Hangman. So if that means that they have to kind of stall this match or somehow like derail Hangman in a different direction to, you know, put it off to a future pay-per-view, I just don't want Kenny to go over on that. And I feel like if they do it soon, you know, that they're going to keep having Kenny be the belt collector and not have him drop it. I think that there's so much long-term investment that they've put into this storyline between having uh, Hangman be one of the two guys, him and Jericho, that you know went for the title initially. To the fact that uh, Hangman and Omega were the tag champs. I think that they've been building this story for a long time. So when you do have the payoff, I think Hangman has to win. Otherwise, what's the point? You know, as of right now, he's the guy who has all this potential but doesn't believe in himself. And the cool thing is that the Dark Order, you know, is kind of cheerleading him and you know propping them up and for them to cheerlead them and say hey you can do it we believe in you and then have them not actually win i think that would take a lot of wind out of the sails of everything both the angle and uh hangman so i hope that this match happens but i hope that when it does happen hangman wins and not some bullshit lex luger beat yokozuna by disqualification he's carried out in the dark order shoulders you know so i think I'm of so many minds on this. Just based on TV this week, Kenny has to win at All Out, right? Okay. Uh, or Kenny. Uh, Hangman has to win, okay? okay. Yeah. Kenny, or yeah, uh, uh, Hangman <laughs> has to win at All Out, okay? Mm. But let's play with it over the next couple. Like, I'm basing off one week of TV. We got eight weeks of TV between now and the pay-per-view. A lot can happen. Um... Either way, whether you're going to have Kenny retain or Hangman win, you could do a bunch of stuff where Kenny attempts to get himself counted out. And the referee, like, says, okay, well, if you do that, the title can change hands on a count out. Uh, well, Kenny attempts to blatantly get himself disqualified. Referee's like, we're restarting the match. You know, you could do all these sort of things, like Kenny desperately trying to get out of these things, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get to a point where can we get a little bit more juice out of this? Uh, can we get one more big P- TV number? Can we get one more pay-per-view number out of this and have the match go to a time limit draw? And then you have Hangman ask for five more minutes and Kenny decline. And it could be one of those things where it's like, it's got to be the time perfect. Kenny or Hangman hits the buckshot lariat on the three seconds left, goes for the cover on one, two seconds left. Referee counts one, two, and he's coming down for that third, but it was a second, right? Mm. You can get maybe one more match if you do it that way, but you can even tease the time limit draw and have Hangman hit the buckshot lariat at four seconds. And he hits that buckshot lariat and he gets it, like at six, like it's an hour time limit and he gets the three at exactly an hour. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And then you have Kenny being able to say, uh, you know, that's your time keeping. Don was keeping time at ringside <laughs> and so on and so forth. And you could lead to a rematch. There's a million different ways that you could go. But like I said, if we're talking just this one week of TV, Hangman has to win the belt at the next pay-per-view. Yeah. And, and I, I agree that, like, if you're going to have Hangman win after the first, like, it's the second rematch or the third rematch, that's fine. I I I think I should clarify. I just don't want to see Hangman lose to Omega and then Omega move on to somebody else. Yeah. You know, I don't mind if Hangman loses to Omega and then it's a rematch, you know, the very next pay-per-view. If it's a big storyline, that's fine. Right. But right. I just don't want to see Omega's been moving on a lot, you know, just, you know, going through challengers. And I don't want to see that happen to Hangman in this scenario. Right. All right. I'm going to go with a dislike, Joe. Okay. I'm going to go with from AEW, the hot match that opened up the show. <laughs> the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes versus QT Marshall in a strap match. Uh, big old snoozer of a match. Uh, these are not the guys who can pull off a strap match. Uh, red does not equal green in this scenario, even though uh, QT got busted open at some point or bladed or whatever. I don't care. Uh, it ended with a whimper when Cody hit a couple crossroads before going to the turnbuckles. Uh, and uh, another one of the reasons why this match sucked is at one point in the match, the lights went out and, and it led to nothing. <laughs> like nothing happened. Uh, so like, I don't know if they did that to to kind of like kayfabe, like, oh, it's happening a lot tonight or whatever. Just somebody fucked up. But uh Man, what a lame-ass match, and uh, that's my first dislike this week. Well, the three-star general earns his title yet again. <laughs> um, this was just a match and a rivalry and a feud and an everything that I just could not care less about. I had zero expectations going into this match, and those expectations were met. <laughs> Fair enough. So not I'm not, my dislikes. Yeah, I have no, I have no further feedback. Less said, right. the better. <laughs> so I'll go with a dislike because all, all right. I got is dislikes left. Um, I do, and the, I'm going to be in the mind. I, I, looking at social media, I know I'm in the minority on this one. And I'm okay with that. I'll very gladly be in the minority on this. I don't know who Dan Lambert is. I don't know what America's top team is and I don't want it on my wrestling program. And I understand that everyone said like, Oh, this was the guy who was cutting the hottest promos on impact wrestling in 2017. And I want you to analyze that statement. <laughs> this guy was cutting the best promos on impact wrestling four years ago. Right. Mm -hmm. And listen, I get, he's a big wrestling fan and I get, uh, that America's top team is some sort of MMA something, okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I want MMA, I'll watch MMA. But you know what? I don't want MMA, so I'm not going to watch MMA. And when the, and people are like, oh, man, this is a perfect use of a celebrity. And I'm like, if you're a celebrity, I shouldn't have to Google who you are. I should just ask my barber, and he knows who you are. Um. Like, while I may not have been familiar with the music of Bad Bunny, at least I recognized the name and I knew he was a musician. 
if you showed me a picture of Dan Lambert and gave me his name, I would have said he was a coach of football in the 80s, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> um, even though I think he's four years younger than Chris Jericho, he sure, certainly doesn't look it. But then Chris Jericho don't look his 51 years old or whatever he is. Um, I don't like this stuff. I don't like people coming on my wrestling and telling me that wrestling is bad. And then having a man come out and beat up the man who said that wrestling is bad. Um, and I don't like him being an MMA guy. And I don't like him saying, like, I'm a real wrestling fan, but this current wrestling is bad. Um, even if you have someone come and beat that man up, you're still on your own TV show saying this show is bad. Even if it's, you know, someone that's supposed to be a heel or something. I don't know. You know, like, how is this any different than the time... Uh, a couple years ago on Raw where Triple H came out and said that the reason that the shows are bad is because of you, the fans. Mm -hmm. And then surprisingly, hundreds of thousands of fans stopped tuning into Raw after that. Um, I don't know. Hopefully this Dan Lambert thing was a one-and-done deal, and then everybody else can go watch those promos that he cut in Impact four years ago on YouTube and remember the golden era of Dan Lambert. <laughs> Yeah, you need like a, a tribute vi uh, music video, like uh, mm -hmm. to like set like tell me a lie or something like that. <laughs> like, yeah, best. Uh, this wasn't in my likes or my dislikes. I recognize him just from watching, you know, UFC. He was on the Ultimate Fighter as a coach one year, and I remember him vaguely from TNA or from Impact. Uh, the only thing that really stuck out to me is that like he was praising all of this wrestling from before 1990. So I was like, what is he even talking about? That sure. Exist, you know, <laughs> but uh, I don't think I took it as badly as you did. Uh, I think if it's a one and done, it doesn't make much sense. I, I think I heard somewhere that, you know, much like Ronda Rousey and Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir that, uh, you know, there's a I believe and I, I apologize. I don't know the, the female MMA fighter that was with him in the crowd, but I heard that like she might be into like making the transition to wrestling. And I think that if that's the case, that this is like the start of that, which again, I'm not saying is a good thing, but uh, whatever. I don't care either way, you know? Yeah, uh, I care. I care. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go with another dislike, Joe. All right. And this was originally a like. But I think the internet and Twitter did a good job of, like, making it become a dislike for me. I, I saw the light. You know, my initial fandom uh, dwelled and, you know, just kind of, like, changed its mind on it. But anyways, my dislike number two on AEW, good old double, R, double A. <laughs> I was going to call him double R. It's not Ryan Reynolds. Arn Anderson is cutting a promo. Uh, and all of a sudden, Joe, the lights go out. <laughs> The lights go out, and uh, Tommy End, a.k.a. Aleister Black, a.k.a. Malachi Black, takes out Arn Anderson and takes out Cody Rhodes. Great debut. I liked it, except for the fact that it was, like, ruined by the fact that the lights went out earlier in the show, and then the announcers were fumbling over Aleister or Malachi's silly new name. And then I saw that, like, Tommy End is like still has an eye injury that he got on Raw and kind of selling that up. And I don't know, like the whole thing kind of soured on me. I had a roller coaster of emotions. I thought it was awesome to have this surprise debut, especially, you know, when it wasn't 90 days, you know, whatever the story is behind that. The fact that, you know, he debuted 31 days after being released. I thought that was cool. But then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, eh, I, I 
to credit Bix on this, I, I really don't want any Malachi Black lore in my AEW. So there uh, you is go. My, this right. is my se- second dislike. It's it's the lore. Um, yeah. I think um, Alistair Black is a good pickup uh, yeah. for AEW. And I don't know, did you see the reason why they were able to get him in 30 days? I just saw rumor in and innuendo having something to do with Zelina Vega re-signing. Nope. No. So, uh, when oh, you no, were no, no, on... no. I apologize. Oh, it was NXT contract that they yes. never amended. Yes. And the thing is, they brought him up to the main roster two years ago and never switched him over from an NXT contract to a main roster contract, which have 90-day no-competes. Yeah. Um, so great, uh, F up there by world wrestling entertainments in that regard. Um, so the, my, my biggest problem, I guess with that is, um, a feud with Cody usually does no one coming into the company any good. Remember when, um, uh, Lance Archer debuted and his first feud was with Cody Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, uh, it took like months to rebuild Lance Archer as a credible fa- threat. Yeah. I mean, really, the only feud with Cody for a relatively new guy in the company that was good, at least initially, was Brody, because Brody right. destroyed Cody. But then they had to go and give Cody his, you know, his win back, you know, so if they can avoid that, you know. And I, I will say, though, the reason I can't put this in my uh, my dislikes is there's a a guy I follow on Twitter, Local Soundwave, right? Okay. Give him a follow. He's a fun follow. He's a comic book guy. He does a lot of original art. Uh, like I said, good follow, good follow all around. Uh, he, yesterday, I guess, as we're recording this, Alistair Black put up a video announcing that his new name, and again, Tommy End, that his name was going to be Malachi Blacks, plural, right? Okay. Um, And that's what it said in the video. And then he put up a bunch of tweets about his debut. And I'm just reading this person's tweets, okay? All right. Uh, It says, Jim Ross voice, Cody Rhodes may not have allies in AEW, but he for for sure doesn't like Blacks. (laughs) (laughs) Referring to this feud. Uh, Jim Ross voice, Cody Rhodes beating Malachi to within an inch of his life. He's making his message clear. There's no room in AEW for blacks. Uh, I'm trying to find the other, there was a couple other ones that he had in regards to it, but they were, they were really good. I was cracking myself up about them. Um, but yeah, so, um, I don't, oh, okay. I just got off the phone with Cody Rhodes and he said that after that vicious attack, he suffered uh, that he, and I quote, have a problem with blacks. Mm. Um, and again, these are jokes. Everyone's having fun. But I was really getting a kick out of those. And, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes from here. Hopefully they uh, keep the lore off the TV and just let it be on Instagram posts that I could ignore. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have one like left, and then what do you got? Okay, I got what well, you know what you go with your last uh, like because I might uh, I got I might have some steam on my last dislike. Oh, you got a chew? You got a chew? <laughs> uh, and you know what? I didn't get a chance to go to the store today to get my new get a get my new cubes of gum. Uh, <laughs> but I do got a chew, if you will. All right, all right. So for my last like, 
And this went exactly as I predicted it would, but it was still in my likes because it was a great match. And that is from AEW, the Bucks versus Eddie Kingston and Penta. Uh, very good plunder match, usual Bucks spots, table breaks. Uh, good brothers come out to the ring, you know, interfere, whatever. I had a good time watching it. Uh, and just so I can say that I'm four for four on my likes and my dislikes, Joe, I want to say that the Good Brothers came out and the thumbtacks came out. The thumbtacks came oh, out. Oh, boy. <laughs> they are four for four. Uh, Kingston took the tax in the mouth super kick. And as I predicted, there was no way they were taking the belts off the Bucks for a makeshift tag team, even though Kingston's the greatest. Uh, but I enjoyed the match. I thought it was a great main event. Yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, that's all I could say. I thought it was good. I knew it was going to be the dog and pony show, and I know a lot of people were referring it to some of the uh, guerrilla warfare matches that the Bucks had in PWG, and uh, I, I missed a lot of those, right? Mm. Uh, but it was a good match. Uh, as much as it pains me, I could say after the fact, uh, yes, you're correct. The makeshift team of Penta, L0M, and Eddie Kingston shouldn't have won the belt. Should have been Kingston and Moxley. Um, and then they could have had the Moxley injury take place on TV since Moxley's going to be back on TV this week anyway. Um, yeah. All right. Sitting back, Joe. Okay. So, uh, on Tuesday, uh, somebody shook a hornet's nest. And uh, someone who I had hoped, and I'm sure a lot of other people hoped, was gone forever. And uh, you know someone's back and they really mean it when uh, it's a four-image notes app apology. uh, Which is preceded by their last tweet from a year ago, uh, where they're defending themselves for not being a sexual predator or rapist. Uh, and that would be Max Barsky. Now, I'm not going to say what his wrestling name was, but if you know what his wrestling name is, I'm not talking about the wrestler. I'm talking about the person, Max Barsky. Um, this definitely feels like yet another attempt at one of these people that were bad to begin with. And this is not an I told you so, but I knew there was something up with this guy when he took to social media to shame wrestling fans for unfolding his shirts at the merchandise table. I knew there was something up with this guy when he was attempting to to present himself as the Bernie Sanders of professional wrestling. And I knew there was something up with this guy when somehow he was able to babyface Gabe Sapolsky in their argument online. Mm. Uh, but it was a big, long-winded notes app thing. And listen, I'll be honest with you, I didn't read it. I don't know if in the midst of his notes app thing, he said... I'm going to give Joe Spost to a million dollars. I don't care. <laughs> I want you to get better, but I don't want you to get better around people that you abused and hurt and took advantage of. And as much as a piece of trash as you are, I also want to take the task. All the pro- like, And listen, I want to take my hat off to a lot of people that came right out and said, this guy's a piece of shit. If he's in a locker room with me, I'm going to physically remove him from the locker room with me. And to all of you people that did that, I applaud you. But the people that I'm suspect about is the promotions that were the very first ones to say that they'll never book him again, but are still following him. And listen, sometimes we follow a couple people that maybe we're not proud of, and it's more so to keep an eye on them, just to make sure that they're up to no good. 
Um, I don't. That's just me. If they're up to no good, I'll definitely hear about it because you'll all screenshot it and send it to me in direct messages. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the way that Twitter works. Um, but also the other the other uh, things that you should be taking to task is the people that you consider mentors and you have right alongside you in all of your stuff that you film for various and different internet wrestling emporiums. And you say these people are so supportive and powerful and everything to you, but not only like his post, but also like the people defending him saying how cancel culture is wrong and everything like that. So it's one thing to say that the perpetrator, this Max Borsky character is bad and should be kept out of wrestling, but you should also look at the people that are supporting him. Um, whoever they are, um, whether it be DJ Hyde, who liked and retweeted it, Pero, who I think just likes and retweets everything, or Solo Darling, who was called on this back in December and may or may not have lied to everyone's face about it. So really look at not only the people who we're trying to keep out, but the people that are already in and are supporting the people you're trying to keep out. Um, I'm one voice. I'm barely involved in professional wrestling. I do my uh, LVAC show once or twice a year at this point or whenever they run. I'm a 44-year-old man. Nobody wants to listen to what I have to say, and I understand that. But before you start talking about keeping the people out, look at the people who are already in and see what they're doing to get those people back in. All right. Yeah, I got nothing else to add to that. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Joe, I think it's time to hit DeWiki's jingle. We got some homework to talk about. I'm writing them down in pen and paper today. I, I usually put them in a notepad, so hopefully I don't, like, crumple up this piece of paper when I'm done, which I've done many, many times. <laughs> All right, so uh, the show that we're going to be discussing is the event that I assigned, which was the Chikara event from June 2012. Uh, Chikara's iPay-Per-View, Chikarasaurus Rex, How to Hatch a Dinosaur, and you wonder why I don't remember the names of these shows. But if mm. you tell me a date in a building, I probably know what's going on. Uh, we, he got a plug at the top of the show, but I'd be remiss not to plug him here again. Head over to masklibrary.com where our friend Kevin does a write-up on the homework, uh, just in case maybe you did not get a chance to watch the show, even though it's available on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Um, and actually, you know what? I say every week I'm going to check on this, and I'm going to check on this while we're discussing things. But, uh, Adam, I'll let you uh, run this through since, you know, the way that it works is uh, I assigned you the homework, you go through it, and I'll just chime in where I chime in. 
Absolutely. All right. So as uh, you mentioned last week, there was some supplemental material that we had to watch before this. Uh, three YouTube videos that you tweeted out from the show account. So kudos. You do use the show account every once in a while. But uh, there were three different ones. Uh, the first one was a Chikara special update featuring a press conference with mixed martial Archie. Uh, and this one, he was lamenting that his Alamo rental car sponsorship was uh was ended by alamo uh so sad to see that happen uh then his arch nemesis colt cabana came in uh and basically they talked about how maybe archie was missing his uh his former muse veronica Ticklefeather, my favorite name in wrestling and they <laughs> they decided that uh colt will be the partner of uh mixed martial archie in their match at the pay-per-view versus touchdown and dasher halffield the second video was just like a minute long recap, like a little music video uh, showing some of the past uh, interactions between Archie and Mr. Touchdown. And then lastly, we had the final go home promo for the pay-per-view hosted by Veda Scott. Uh, we had a Colt and Archie promo where we find out that their tag team name is Team Tap Outback Steakhouse, which I love that. And then we had an Eddie Kingston promo about uh, paying dues. Uh, so another great Eddie Kingston promo. But uh, yeah, that was the three pre-show things, the uh, supplemental material, which was maybe about 10 minutes worth of stuff. So an easy watch. Uh, yeah, that's it. I know they mentioned it during the course of the show. Uh, team tap out back steakhouse. But mm -hmm. I think Bryce also mentions one of the alternate sh uh, team names is Team Jiu-Jitsu. Yep, which I, I don't know if I could say on 2021. <clears throat> yeah, just blame Bryce if the, if there's a problem there. Right. <laughs> All right. So the actual show. Uh, before I get into the match, I just want to point out that this venue in Philly was probably one of the nicest uh, presentations, or it looks like one of the nicest venues I've seen an indie show that I've had to watch for homework. Uh, so I don't know if you have any insight of that building, but uh, it looked pretty nice. Set a balcony. Right. Uh, that was the Trocadero in uh, downtown Philly, uh, right off the convention center. You probably heard Bryce and I mentioned during the course of the show uh, that we were at Wizard World, pressing the flesh, uh, trying to get people to come to the show, buy the ad pay-per-view, whatever it was. Uh, I've tweeted it out before, but if you've ever seen me with my picture with uh, world-famous um, WCW professional wrestler Beetlejuice... Uh, <laughs> That's what I got my picture taken with Beetlejuice. It was this weekend. Um, and if you know where the Philadelphia Convention Center is, where Wizard World is typically held, yeah. uh, if you walk out the main entrance to the convention center and hang a left and go down about four blocks, that's where the Trocadero is. Okay. Yeah. Nice looking venue. All right. Before the opening match, we have a promo from Ophidian, who's wearing a bad, ill-fitting mask. Uh, still not quite fully cooked Ophidian in my book uh, so far from these Chikara homework shows you've been giving me. But the first match is Ultramantis Black versus Ophidian to determine who the most devious entity in Chikara is. We have Bryce and Leonard F. Chikarsen on commentary. Uh, match has a lot of slapping the shit out of each other early on, some brawling to the outside. Uh, Ophidian at one point lands uh, consecutive Meteoras, and they were commentary was talking about how uh, these Meteoras were somehow landing on Ultramandus's throat. I don't know, but they were still cool spots. Uh, at one point when, for the finish, Ophidian spits mist to seemingly little effect in Mantis's face. 
Uh, so maybe not the cor- the correct type of mist in that occasion. You, you know, you're the mist expert. You'll have to tell me in a second. But uh, Mantis goes and hits the praying Mantis bomb for the win and officially becomes the great and devious one in everybody's eyes. So uh, they mentioned during the course of the show um, that there was a pre-show that was streaming free on YouTube where Fire Ant was injured and uh, him being called into um his, uh, his status in the 10-man tag later on in the show would be called into question, of course, because of this. Um, I also want to mention that this match was for who would who uh, could be recognized in Chikara as the most devious entity. Again, more on that, not directly, but indirectly later on. And uh, of the three times that we've seen Ophidia do the mist in these watchings, this was probably the best time that he did it, but still only about a 6 out of 10. <laughs> Got to massage that gland more, you know? Yes. All right. So next up is the match. I mean, let's be honest. This should have been the main events. You know, disres- no disrespect to anybody else on the card. But this is what I was tuning in for. And it is the culmination of the hottest feud of Chikara of that decade or really any decade. And that is Colt Cabana and Mixed Martial Archie versus Dasher Hatfield and Mr. Touchdown. In a loser leaves town grudge match, if uh, whoever took the pinfall would have to leave Chikara. So uh, we obviously, before the match, have a promo from Dasher and Mr. Touchdown. And commentary on this is Bryce and Sugar Dunkington. A couple things that stand out to me. Obviously, uh, I like the fact that Dasher started off the the match doing the crane kick pose. You know, he was in the fight after all. Uh, When MMA, Mixed Martial Archie hits locks in the triangle choke the crowd goes nuts you know this is a this is a a mixed martial arts competition so that's understandable i have in my notes here bryce's nickname for the team so we'll skip that um mixed martial archie with his patented top rope dive into a double leg takedown always pops me um at one point mr touchdown gives archie a spine buster on the ramp which eliminates archie from the match for a while, we have a two-on-one beatdown that goes on for a while until Archibald Peck returns. House on fire. We have the marching guy, Archibald Peck, coming back. Uh, he's the leader, house- the leader of the band. The leader of the band. Um, not my favorite of the faces of Archie, but, uh, you know, whatever. We'll take it. Uh, eventually, Veronica Ticklefeather comes out. It distracts Archie. Puts a uh, twirling baton in the ring between Mr. Touchdown and Archie. Uh, leading them to kind of fight over who gets that. Um, Dasher grabs the baton. Mr. Touchdown uses the distraction to hit Archie with his helmet, forces uh, Dasher to roll up Archie for the win. They now have three points, I believe. Veronica and TD, Mr. Touchdown, make out in front of Archie, a dejected, heartbroken Archie, and now Archie is gone from Chikara, and I no longer want to watch these homeworks anymore. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Unless he's coming back soon, because this is really what I was invested in. So uh, I will say uh, Archibald Peck is not coming back anytime soon. And neither is Mixed Martial Archie. Stipulations in Chikara are held to in a very serious and sincere manner. Uh, And again, I also want to mention, so bell to bell, this match is like 17 minutes. With all the pre- and post-match shenanigans, I think it clocks in at nearly 25 minutes. Um, again, a little bit too long. I would have shaved a couple minutes. 
uh, but that's just me. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to say exactly where I would trim, but I mean, this show was a two and a half hour long show that I think could have easily been two hours. But, you know, we'll talk about that as we go. Next up, we have a ladder match between Gran Akuma and Icarus. Uh, hanging from the rafters is Gran Akuma's Chikara contract. If Gran Akuma gets it, he becomes a full-time Chikara member again. If Icarus gets it, he gets to rip it up. We have Bryce and Leonard F. Chikarsen on commentary. Greg Iron as the special guest referee. And I have here, first and foremost, LFC. This guy's got some pretty good ideas. Uh, some things that he said during this match. He, first of all, wants to start a ladder company that makes ladders specifically engineered for wrestling. Right. I think that's a, that's a pretty good idea. Uh, and also uh, Cesar Romero zombie movies and Why the Last Spider-Man. I pop for all those. So if you see right. this LFC guy, tell him those are pretty good. All right. I will. Um, I think he's <laughs> dead, but that's okay. Oh, well, all right. Uh, kind of morbid. Uh Icarus uh, kept on getting inadvertently hit by the ladder. Like it would ricochet. He would use it as an offensive weapon and it would bounce back and the crowd would chant, thank you ladder. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Akuma and Icarus decided to include every ladder spot they've ever seen in every single match ever. And I don't mean that as a bad thing, but like every type of spot you've ever seen was in this match. Um, uh, Chuck Gargano, oh, Jesus, Chuck Taylor, and Johnny Gargano do a run in. Uh, they take out the ref. Uh, the ref iron basically recovers really quickly, chases them off with a chain. Akuma power bombs Icarus through the table to the rest of fist set up, climbs the ladder, grabs a contract and is now a member of Chikar once again. Uh, I really like this match a lot. Uh, these two guys beat the hell out of each other. Um, as you mentioned, they did everything that you could do with a ladder in uh, a ladder match. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool, I would say. And uh, only the second, they mentioned on commentary, second ever ladder match in all of uh, Chikara. The first one was for the Young Lions Cup as Equinox at the time Jimmy Olsen took on Vin Gerard. And uh, that's a hell of a match as well. But that was like two years prior. All right. All right, next up, we had the t a handicap match as all three members of the Batiri versus Sarah Del Rey and Saturine. Uh, lots of the Batiri playing the numbers game. Sarah Del Rey kicking the shit out of people. Uh, Kevin Hellions mentioned in his blog that uh, not only does Sarah Del Rey seem like one of the best women's wrestlers out there, but, you know, she should be considered just among the better wrestlers, period. Um, at one point, Delirious comes out, causes some distraction, and later on interferes, takes out both of the women, and uh, Delray and Saturine win by disqualification. Um, so as a lot of these matches on this show were kind of like ending storylines, mm. um, this one was like just a continuation of a storyline, kind of putting... Delirious's crew together with the Materi, and then later you'll see Ophidian come in in that hierarchy. Um, and this match was probably like the weakest match of the show, but still good nonetheless. Yep. All right. So next we have Hollow Wicked versus Tim Donst in a hair versus mask match, uh, both former Young Lions Cup winners. Uh, LFC and Ultraman is black on commentary. Um, we see Bryce taking a ref bump in this match when he's pulled into danger by Donst. Donst brings in a chair. Wicked threatens to destroy Donst's Young Lions Cup. 
Uh, the match gets to a finish with Dance pulling out the shoelace that he's been using uh, to choke people out. You know, he would kind of hide it underneath his arm as he's choking people out to make it look like it's a normal chokehold. But uh, Dance wins by chokeout. He then proceeds to hide the shoelace in the best possible place to hide a shoelace when you're trying to conceal it from the referee. And that is under your armpit. Um, definitely not going to find it there. Uh, when Bryce raises Don's arms, uh, the, he sees the shoelace. Uh, once again, credit to Kevin for in his blog saying that the laces come out. The laces come out. Um, <laughs> oh, come on now. Hey, that was him. Not me. Um, so obviously Bryce overturns the decision. Actually, he restarts the match and really quickly Wicked wins. Uh, and they then shave Tim Dons' head. Uh, I really like this match. Um, I think the shoelace under the armpit was my idea. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's, an, it's, an, it's an old school Memphis style thing where like the guy uses the foreign object and then doesn't have like he can't get it into his tights quick enough so he just kind of hides it under his arm and he's kind of selling the arm you know uh-huh. and then the referee comes over and raises his arm as the winner and then he's like oh I'll raise my arm again i'm the winner raise my arm again i'm the winner and then the referee raises the arm where the foreign object is hidden under and the thing falls out i'm almost like 99 percent sure that that was my contribution to this match well that explains it then <laughs> All right, so next up we have uh, the Shard, 17 in the Swarm versus the Colony, Jigsaw and Kingston. As you talked about earlier, uh, Fire Ant was taken out before the show. Uh, I don't know if there was a Fast and Furious movie premiering that night, but, uh, you know, so he was replaced by Ch- uh, by Quack on the Chikara team. Uh, lots of chaos, a lot of the Rudos trying to take off the mass of the Colony, something they've been doing for a while. Lots of dives. Obviously, it's really hard to call these matches or keep track of these uh, scramble matches. Uh, I did like the mega ant hill dive that the the ants and all the rest of the Chikara guys built up in the corner. Uh, Soldier Ant ends up winning via the Chikara special, taps out 17. And then after the match, we get to see a vicious side of Mike Quackenbush as he tries to break the 17's fingers while the rest of the team is celebrating. Um, I love this match. It was wild. It was chaotic. Um, I remember at the time not knowing that Green Ant was going to do the dive out of the balcony. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you could tell from the video, but that balcony was very high up. Yeah. Very high up. A uh, huge risk Green Ant was taken uh, in, in that moment. And it felt like as close to an ECW style brawl that Chikara was able to do you know yeah all right so finally we have the main event in a best two out of three falls for the campeones de parejas we have the champions fist gargano and taylor versus the young bucks uh we get a promo before the match starts with the young bucks talking about how when they win they are going to take the Chikara titles uh to ring of honor where they'll get some exposure they're going to hold the belts hostage they said uh, and again, on this match, we have for commentary, we have LFC and main event Mantis uh, on commentary. So um, <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite things that I heard on commentary for this is that uh, Chuck Taylor looking like he's you know in good shape. Uh, he was going to do DDP yoga, but it got the Vin Gerard yoga tape instead. Right. <laughs> I like that. Um, basically, I mean, 
I don't have notes for this because I sat back and just kind of watched it. The Young Bucks win the first fall. Fist wins the second fall. And me not knowing anything about, like, Chikara history, you know, other than stuff I kind of pick up through Osmosis, I did not know how this was going to end. So I was surprised that via more bang for your buck, the Bucks win the titles. So I didn't know they were Chikara champs. And uh, it was a fun match. Again, I'm not a fan of two out of three falls matches. This is another one that I think a one fall would have definitely, you know, not only trimmed some time, but might have made the match better, but uh, an enjoyable match nonetheless. Yeah, so um, all the Chikara tag title matches are contested two out of three falls um, because that's like the Mexican influence with Chikara. Uh, A lot of the major matches in Mexico are contested in two out of three falls. Um, So I like this match. It was good. It was a good main event. But, you know, I want to kind of go over um, the the match times that a lot of these uh, matches are way too long. Uh, the only matches that came in under 15 minutes were the opener and the 10-man. Mm. Everything was way too long. And this was maybe the most Vince Russo booked Chikara card of all time. <laughs> you've got well, a tit- you, you got a two out of three false title match you got a 10-man brawl that goes all over the place you got a hair versus mask match you've got an intergender handicap match you've got a ladder match you got a loser leaves the fall match and you've got a person who decides who the who gets the moniker of most devious person is every match has some sort of funky stipulation in it and i kid because i love i really enjoyed the show um, you know, I know you were lamenting because you had not gotten a chance to watch it yet. And it's only a, it was only two and a half hours long, but it was a very breezy two and a half hours long. And uh, watching it back, I did not utterly hate my commentary. <laughs> I, I know this falls on deaf ears, but I thought you were very good on commentary. Well, thank you. Thank you for the kind words. Um, yeah. yeah, there was. Well, OK. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I popped lots of times. I, I wrote down a couple of them, but I thought you were great. And I, I honestly... You know, to stop blowing smoke up your butt and blow it up a different direction, like Bryce is very underrated on commentary as well. You know, like a lot of people that are just getting into wrestling now just know him as a really good referee, you know, and like don't realize that he was a very good commentator as well. For sure. Um, and I really enjoyed um, I, I I got a chance to call most of the show. And I know I don't know if you got there yet on uh, listening to Hellions talk with me, but. Um, this was one of those rare shows where I got to call almost the entire show except for one match where Sugar Dunkerton was on for the storyline reasons of his involvement with the throwbacks. But I got to call like with my two favorite people to call matches within Chikar, which was Bryce and Mantis, you know, yeah. um, my my goal with calling matches with Bryce was to try to stay on track as much as we can, because. Uh, we were both like Bryce actually was trained in it and I just listened to a bunch of podcasts about it. Um, but like improv stuff and like a lot of yes and stuff and we could very easily get off on tangents and we're not talking about the match. Whereas with Mantis, when I call matches with Mantis, I always try to say dumb stuff to try to throw him off and get him to break character. <laughs> I think at one point you said something about like somebody being on the Dumont network and that kind of popped him. You could right. tell. <laughs> And again, I know with Mantis, I have to like make old timey references. Um, I, 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 there's, there's lots of Easter eggs if you listen real close to some of the dumb shit that I say on commentary for these shows, um, especially with certain people that are in the matches. But be that as it may, 
And then from there, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed this. Now I I dare to think what fresh hell you're going to assign me uh, for this. All right. Well, I you know what? One of the things that you do with show homework is obviously you're presenting Chikara in chronological order because you want me and the people that follow along to kind of see the growth of the storyline, the growth of the individuals that are on the show, right? Yes. Yeah. So I feel it's only fair that my homework this week should be a continuation of something we've already watched before. Oh, God damn it. So we are going to watch episode two of the Nightmare Family Student Showcase. (laughs) All right. And uh, this is not an Ed Cody pick. I want you to know that you can thank my favorite indie wrestling commentator, Kevin Ford, for making sure that I knew that this was out and uh, that I was able to provide that for you to enjoy. But, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to watch, the showcase number two. And uh, I watched the first 30 seconds or so uh, just to kind of get an idea of what I was seeing. We are greeted right up front by Cody. uh, Once again, pointing out that this is many of the people on the card's first ever match. So it should be great. Um. You're you're set on this, right? This is what you want to assign? It's assigned. Uh, I'll live with my mistake afterwards, but what what is going on? Well, a couple things. Um so this is um uh it was actually it's actually uh came out a couple months ago. It came out like 2 months ago, right? Uh-huh. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like did another episode come out because um I may have already watched this. uh because no so i don't want to say that i watched the whole thing um but i did watch most of it because i was told that a certain something happens uh on this particular episode you don't know anything about this right other than the first couple seconds where you watched your boy cody talk about stuff he's not my boy take that back and yes that i know nothing okay um but no there's a special appearance by someone who's very near and dear um uh to the show to the podcast to the family to the everyone who uh gets the featured role on this uh this episode so i did go to my way to watch that and i might have watched other bits of it uh even though it clocks in about an hour 37 uh i'm all right i'm okay with uh giving like the whole thing a top to bottom watch you know yeah all right well see you're getting off easy then because you've already watched most of it you just have to catch up on what you didn't see and uh get some refreshers yeah, and I didn't. I, listen, I didn't hate the first one. I thought the first one was actually uh, not too bad in the grand scheme of things. I took a lot of notes on it, but uh, yeah. So I, again, when you said there was another one, um, I was like, oh shit, did the third one come out? No, no. I mean, again, I I, I don't always assign the worst things in the world, and again, right. I'm trying to. Uh, you know, we want to follow these students as they go on, and you know, other bullshit. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's our homework this week. No, and, no, but I'll uh, I'll I'll include a uh, you know I'll I'll include a link to this in the show notes like I like I always do, you know. Yeah. All right. So and then of course next week is Money in the Bank, mm-hmm. and then we got like a month of assigning stuff. Okay. And I already have. Maybe not necessarily your next homework, but I have one 
lined up, but I need it to kind of, it'll make more sense when I drop it, but I need it to kind of line up with something else. But okay. uh, more, more on that later. This one's going to be a little bit more complicated because I, I have to put something in your hand, Joe. I can't assign <laughs> it and then talk about it next week. Make sure you leave it at the comic shop now so I can get it in three to four weeks. <laughs> exactly. I need some planning. <laughs> so leave it at the comic shop and then tell me to put a reminder in my phone so that when I go to the comic book shop that I get the notification while I'm there. And then make sure that it's not in a in nondescript bag so the man who runs the comic book store isn't confused by what's going on with this. <laughs> I might just be better off uh, mailing it to you. <laughs> there you go. All right. Plugs time. All right, so uh, plugs time. Uh, no T Public sales going on right now. I think the next T Public sale is in two weeks. Um, it's going like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, thirty five percent off. You can head over to tinyurl.com slash longboxheroes. That's the mothership of the soon to be named network. They got a plug at the beginning of the show. Um, but any a bunch of uh, designs inspired by this show, Final Wrestling Place, uh, Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, and of course honoring. Uh, the Jingle Meister himself, David Kincannon, you get those designs and so forth on shirts and stickers and pins and cell phone covers and notebooks and all sorts of shit like that. Uh, also, independentwrestling.tv, uh, a.k.a. Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. It is a busy weekend, especially if you are a deathmatch ghoul. Uh, Friday and Saturday, we see ICW No Holds Barred 15 and 16. Uh, we also have Saturday and Sunday, AWR Asylum Deathmatch Tournament 2, Night 1 and Night 2. And Sunday is No Peace Underground's event as Modius. Now, I do want to say that while we were recording the show, I did reach out to the man who runs the Emporium of his, the Emporium himself, uh, to ask a few questions. And this is usually how I, uh, angle some, uh, information, right? Mm hmm so I had asked him if the promo code at odds will ever give five free days again. And he said, no, probably not. No. Um, so you can still use the code and, you know, we get a credit if you sign up. You don't get the five days free, but, you know, it's a way that we get notification to Jerry that you signed up through us. So I use that to kind of squeeze some, try to squeeze some information out of him, right? Okay. Uh, so on the 8th of August, uh, they're having a big show. Uh, they're, they're holding it at, um, where H2O runs their events. Uh, they're doing a double header with Camp Leapfrog where they're doing their first event in front of live crowd. I think over 70 people are booked for the event. And then, um, they're doing IWTV 100, which is going to be the 100th defense of the internet wrestling emporium. Uh, title, which you're going to see Wheeler, Utah, just coming off of a big win on AEW Dark, defending the title against Daniel Garcia, Jonathan Gresham versus Adam Priest, Eric Martin versus Kevin Blackwood, uh, War Horse versus John Wayne Murdoch, uh, Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander uh, taking on Lee Moriarty, and I forget the other person who's in that match, so I apologize. Uh, but then... Jerry just very casually mentioned to me a six-man match that's happening on that show that has not been announced yet. Um, I feel confident that I can tell you one side of that six-man match. Uh, okay. And that would be the team of Jigsaw, Hollow Wicked, and Ultramantis Black. However, I don't want to be the one to spoil who their opponents are. But it's a pretty big deal. 
Hmm. And that's all, that's all, that's all I have to say about that. Now that is probably going to have people come to me in the direct messages and maybe I'll tell you, and maybe I won't, maybe (laughs) you already know, or maybe you don't Adam, I'll tell you off the air. I was about to say, as soon as we're done, I'll find out. <laughs> but it's a live show. If you're in the greater New Jersey area, um, come on out. I know, I think Pat from Pod Van Dam said he might be coming out just because an Orange Cassidy match. Um, I think Pat will like the surprise uh, who their opponents are going to be. Um, but yeah, definitely check it out. Um, if you can't be there live and in person, of course, in a, independentwrestling.tv or Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. And you said that uh, IWTV 100 is in August? August 8th. It's a Sunday afternoon. Ooh. I don't like going to New Jersey, but uh, maybe I'll make that trip. We'll see. Wait a minute. Aren't you going to New Jersey in like two weeks to go see Broski get bludgeoned by Nick Gage? (laughs) Yeah, but that's Atlantic City, so that's kind of like, I don't know. Uh, There's a different exception. Plus, uh... I'm not so much on Team Broski after some tweets earlier today, but uh, that, you know that's a different story. <laughs> but anyway, listen. If you were still on Team Broski when he was having COVID parties, if you were still on Team Broski when him and uh, poor Chelsea were going to Walmart to buy steaks and figs during the height of the pandemic with neither one of them wearing masks, and if it was his tweets today that made you say I might not be Team Broski, then I say what took you so long. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but anyways, uh, maybe that's, it's far enough away that maybe I can get some time off. Go see, uh, go see a title defense of the, you know what? I've never seen the Jerry, uh, the Jerry title defended before. Okay. Not live at least, you know? All right. The, but, uh, uh, the, I'm sorry. The, uh, the, the, the other person in that match is, uh, Trish Adora. My apologies. Trish Adora and Lee Moriarty taking on, uh, Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander. All right. Anyways, Joe, while you're driving to New Jersey to see IWTV 100, listen to some of these podcasts, uh, final wrestling place, long box heroes and long box heroes after dark. And Hey, join that Patreon. It's a dollar. A lot of people did. Thank you. I see nothing from it, but I like to see Joe and Todd happy. So sign up. Uh, And plus you get a lot of podcasts out of it. We need wrestling porch talk, wrestling cheers between the sheets, the house show podcast, Hellions talk, uh, viewers choice, pod Van Dam, not another sports podcast and the a show. And I think that's it for the main show, Joe. All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's get into weekly purchases, huh? Yeah, Joe. Uh, I saw I, you tweeting out that you've, per- you've made anywhere between 13 to 15 weekly purchases in just the last seven days. And I don't even know how that is possible. Oh, it's, it's very easily possible. I almost added one today. I almost in the major pod group bought the Slim Jim Macho. Well, there's a firework going off outside my the house. One, the one that escaped you when you were at Toy Hio just a few weeks ago. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, there was one for a very good price, but I I am actually going on a doll safari this weekend with a friend of the show, Jay Gold, in New York City. Uh, so not this weekend, but Monday. And I figured I should save my money and not uh, pull the trigger on a hundred-plus dollar figure when I'm going to be going to a bunch of different wrestling universe stores. So I'm showing some restraint. And my final tally was only uh, like 13 weekly purchases, 
but for kayfabe purposes, I am pulling back at least three of them. Uh, again, because some of them uh, have to do with future show gimmicks and whatnot. So, all right. Uh, but I, I'll bang out just a couple quick ones, and I'll throw it over to you before I, I, I take it home to some of the, the big boy purchases, if that's cool. Go for it. Uh, just some real quick hitters. I went on ringside, and uh, I've been getting sick and tired of the fact that I cannot find an elite Sid Justice uh, dual figure, the one where he's a referee. I can't find it anywhere, so I just went to ringside to buy it. And while I was there, I saw that they had Unrivaled Series 2 in stock, so I added a Hangman page. So I, I created a, a ringside order of Sid Justice and Hangman page. Uh, so that was my first uh, figure purchase. And uh, just real quick on eBay, I picked up for way less than original retail. And I'm sure you're going to say that even that's overpaying, but I kind of wanted it. And it is the WWE Elite Network Spotlight Woken Matt Hardy figure, which comes with not only Vanguard One, but Scarsguard, the dilapidated boat. And I thought that uh, I needed a figure that came with a, a giant rowboat. I thought that was awesome. Mm hmm. <laughs> that's like six hardy gimmicks ago <laughs> i know well it was the last good one <laughs> yeah. but uh what do you got joe well uh so this week upcoming uh my wife and son are leaving on vacation without me um i just couldn't get the time off work this week upcoming was originally slotted for time for my kid to go to boy scout camp my wife is a leader they were going to go to camp. I was going to stay home. She had the time blocked off from work. And I'm like, well, I'll see what I can do to get time off work, but it's no guarantee. Uh, camp ends up getting canceled for him this year. So they're like, well, we got this time off. We have this scheduled. So they decided they're going to the beach with my cousin and her daughter, who is the same age as my kid. But while he's going on vacation, of course, he's taking all of his electronics with him. And one of the things that he needs to go is a pro controller for his Switch. I'm not sure if you're aware of this. With the Nintendo Switch, the Joy-Cons are kind of drifty. Uh, I was not aware. Uh, yeah, so there's like quick there's like, there's quick fixes where you get like that, electro, like that WD-40 electronic cleaner and you spray it in there. Okay. But that's only like a quick temporary fix. And then I watched the Asuka video where she gets like the kit where you get like the tiny miniature screwdriver and you take it apart. <laughs> and I'm like, that's way out of my skill level. So we're not going to do that. Yeah. Um, now, we had previously had a wired and a wireless pro, pro controller for him. But because they were not Nintendo brand, they kind of shit the bed. Uh, they lasted a bit, like the one lasted about a year and the other one lasted about a year. But when you buy like the Nintendo branded stuff for Nintendo, it's usually a lot more durable. Um, so I had to spend $75 on a goddamn controller for his video game system. <laughs> well, how, how is he going to go pro as a gamer if you don't get the best stuff for him? Right, exactly. Well, it's just, you know, <laughs> pro. Anyway. <laughs> They don't call it like a, a noob controller, right? You know, you got to yeah. call it something cool to make the kids feel like they're doing something. Yeah. All right. So a, a kind of big boy purchase, you know, but it, again, very rarely do I buy stuff for me, you know? Yeah. No, right on. Yeah. All right. So uh, my next group of purchases is I might have bought a couple T-shirts. Um, uh, a, a certain group that rules put up some new merch this week. Yeah. Uh, and I went on uh, that Chicago website and I bought uh, the show rules shirt. 
And uh, while I was there, I picked up uh, some other shirts just because obviously they ran the gimmick with the free shipping and like yada yada percent off. So I got a couple shirts, you know, well overpaid, except for the show, like the show shirt, you know, worth every penny. But uh, other than that, I also bought a law law offices of Mark Sterling shirt and uh, a Broski MDK shirt <laughs> so I can wear that uh to New Jersey in a couple weeks. Uh, and just because I knew I was going to be like six months from now searching eBay for an Everrise shirt, I decided, you know what, let's just go ahead and get this out of the way. And I went on WWE's shop and I bought an Everrise Rules shirt just so I have it and I don't have FOMO like a year from now that why didn't I buy it when it was cheap? Yeah, so actually it was pointed out to me that I guess WWE, WWE shop zone or the hell it's called was having a sale on, like, houseware items and stuff. Yeah. Um, Like, you know, hey, do you want a waffle maker where you could burn the Fiend logo into your waffle? <laughs> Ooh, waffle. It was on, yeah, it was on sale this <laughs> week. But all of the, like, mugs and cups and uh, Ultimate Warrior Thuck-Up cups were on sale this week, except for the Everrise mug, which yeah. makes me feel that that was a conscious decision to not put their shit on sale. I, I feel like I am not in the minority of, like, going and seeing, like, oh, shit, I should probably look and get something before it's gone, you know? So I feel like if they release somebody, they they make an effort to not discount it because they're going to get an influx of people going and buying stuff before it's gone, you know? Yeah. All right. So my last thing, Joe, this is a bit of a big boy purchase. This is why they, they call me the $100 Vansky. Uh I think we've we've said before that being in the major pod group uh, was going to become very expensive for me. And I don't know. We haven't discussed this, but obviously you're in the group. You don't spend as much time on Facebook as I do or on the Internet. So I don't know if you saw this already. Hopefully not. It's a bit of a surprise then. But uh, Brian Myers had some stuff for sale this week, Joe. And he did again? He did. Uh, it was a bunch of different you know, micro brawlers and random stuff. He was like, here's a shirt that he wore at live, whatever. But it was like a claim sale. It's like, hey, get this for this much, get this for this much. And I'm going to shoot a text over to you, Joe, of what I purchased, just so you have it. Um, but I purchased a group of micro brawlers from Brian Myers, and it included uh, an extra Macho Man. It's the same Macho Man that came with the Major Crate. Uh, so I already had that. Uh, it came with a Maven micro brawler, which I didn't really care about. But you know what? I have it now. But it came with the chase of the referee, as well as both versions of the fucked up edition Brian Myers pop or not pop, but micro brawler that went on sale for like a hot minute last week. Yeah. Oh, man. So I was able like he had actually put up uh, four different pairs of the fucked up edition that were all signed. And I knew that I didn't even mention it to you because they were all like, well, out of the, the stratosphere of what we had talked about that you would want to pay for. Um, but the price I paid for these five, I'm comfortable with. If you divide it by five and think about what it actually was per, uh, micro brawler. Plus yeah. the fact that I am going to go and sell the macho because I don't need it. And that kind of brings down the total price overall. Uh, and, uh, Brian was actually nice enough. He DM me afterwards and he asked if I wanted him to sign the, uh, the two Brian Myers micro brawlers. And you know what? I was like, 
I, I wanted to be like, can you give me some time to think about it? But I was just like, uh, you know, a gun to my head. I'm going to go with no, don't sign him just because I have other stuff that he signed. And I think you can't put that genie back in the bottle when you go when it goes to signing stuff. I'd rather have them unsigned just because they're, you know, in my crazy head, they're they're rare and I just don't want them, you know, defaced. You know, yeah, like I gotcha in that mindset. So uh, I can have them sign something that's a dime a dozen. You know, I'm not going to have them sign something they only made a hundred of, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, but it was cool. It was my first time purchasing directly from somebody on the show. Uh, it was a lot more money than I expected to pay. Uh, or not uh, that I would, thought I was going to pay that day on just anything, you know, but uh, uh, happy to make a big boy purchase. And I am now getting one step closer to being complete on my stupid major pod micro brawler collection. That is at least until the friggin' Bob Cardona micro brawler comes out that I have to buy. <laughs> oh, let's hope not. <laughs> oh, he already announced it. He showed pictures on, on a Twitch. <laughs> oh. But yeah, so that that's all my weekly purchases. That's uh, and again, I said it was a big number, but I was counting all the micro brawlers as it was five micro brawlers, so that's five items. It was uh, four T-shirts, so that's four items, and so on. Right. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed that I missed um, the claim sale. You know. Yeah. But like I said, I'm very rarely uh, in the group these days. You know. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably for the best. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I would like somebody to hack my Facebook just so I lose access to it for a couple weeks. Okay. <laughs> Send me some suspicious links, and I'll just go ahead and click on them all willy-nilly. <laughs> gotcha. But that's all uh, I got, Jeff. Yeah, oh, listen, you're 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 doing well with the uh, year of financial or fiscal responsibility, you know? It's the summer of financial irresponsibility. <laughs> Get it gotcha. right. Gotcha. <laughs> So uh, this weekend or Monday or whatever it is, you and Jay Gold, is there a signing that you guys are going to as well? No, you know what? Uh, uh, he's just been like obviously very gracious to, you know, hey, if I want to come on out, you know, he would take me to a bunch of different uh, toy stores and wrestling stores in the area. And, you know, we'd hang out and get lunch. So uh, there's three locations of the wrestling universe, I believe. And then there's another toy store that escapes my mind right now that, you know, is – it has a big internet presence on like Instagram and stuff like that, that has vintage toys. So we're just going to go out and just, you know, hit up a couple stores and see if there's anything cool and hang out for a little bit. That's all. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, like I said, hopefully, uh, you don't get too further in the hole, uh, out with Jay gold, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, I might have to sleep on his couch. I won't have gas money to get home. <laughs> oh boy. We'll say that we'll cover that next week on weekly purchases. Yeah. All right. Well, again, guys, uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, this was episode 146 of at odds with wrestling for Adam. This is Joe saying thanks for listening. Be safe and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.